Hey, welcome into the Gridiron Pick Show, week six of the NFL season. Can you believe we are six weeks into the NFL season? Can you believe I'm still joined by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Oliver Conley? Ollie, how's it form, sir? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I think listeners can probably hear in both our voices. I think me just slowly maybe exiting the ill phase and you maybe slowly entering <laughs> into the ill phase. So I apologize up front. We do not suddenly have, Mr. McQuaid has not suddenly brought a ton of wonderful deep bass into our audio. This is, for me, I hope the final flungs of a bout of COVID and I'm now just into the mental brain fog stage. Uh, whereas it sounds like your voice might just be entering into the ill part. Yeah, fun fact, I knew I was getting COVID when in July I was talking to Kevin O'Connell over Zoom mm-hmm. and I feel the same way. So I hope that's not <laughs> the case, time we're recording. Uh, and I will say this for everyone that was listening, we had a few tweets last week asking where the picks show was last week. So sorry, I, let's just blame Aaron Rodgers. Yeah? I tell you, I, I never go down to London. Not a thing that I do in my daily life, not really professionally either because my career has not been in the UK media. I So I went down to London on Thursday for this game. We had a grand old time, the pair of us on, on Thursday evening. When I was out on Saturday in Soho, which I believe to be swanky and fancy, right? The amount of people who once stopped me just to talk was mind-boggling, kind of freaked me out. The amount of people who mentioned, where is the pick show? I'm just going about my my Saturday evening. I'm having a lovely time. I'm trying to find some Chinese food. And everywhere I turn, I'm being asked, where's the pick show? Where's the pick show? Where's the pick show? So I didn't realize people liked the pick show. You just wanted a succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> um, we are, <laughs> we are uh, using this pick sh- show and we're using um, odds from Unibet. Now, you can check out the link in our bio for uh, a special offer with Unibet. So check out the link in the bio. You can click that link and sign up for a new offer. All of our odds are with Unibet. So obviously your bookie, if you use a different one, may have different odds. They may have a different handicap. I find that, I find that this week on one of them. Uh, usually not the case, but do be aware of that. Please only bet what you can afford. Be gambleaware.org work please gamble responsibly um yeah it was it was good fun last week in london ollie and one team that we've seen last week in london was the green bay packers they're going up against the jets this weekend the packers are favored on the handicap seven and a half at 19 to 20 the over under is intriguing over 45 the packers two to seven favorites now the thing the thing for me is while the packers have had their offensive struggles ollie uh they're the eighth ranked offense this year in terms of fair down efficiency you wouldn't have thought that last week um we were in the press conferences with Lafleur and rogers sitting beside each other and the tension was palpable after yeah, that it say. was bad man but you you could feel the urge to get something done on the offense. Um, on the on on the defensive side of the ball, you could argue that they have the players, they don't have the scheme. But for the offense, um, <laughs> well, well the Allen's and, and, and Valdez Young are gone. Stick with that defense quickly, because what's happening with them is really interesting. Where I've never seen it that they are so unbelievably gifted as a group. I know we said that with the Packers now for like ten years, right? They have all the talent on defense in the world. But they've never before had all that talent and then dropped on top of it Devontae Wyatt in the first round and Quay Walker in the first round. It's like that so this is an unprecedented level of talent not playing up to its standard. And the major, major concern for them above everything else is they are one of the worst defenses in the league on first and second down, and then one of the best defenses in the league on third down, particularly by EPA per play, which is uh, kind of total value per play. That's unsustainable. You are not magically good on third down. You can be very, very good on third down because you have great players like uh I don't know, let's go. The, the Buffalo Bills, best third down defense league, right? That all makes sense. They have the most dominant pass rush. They only send four, and so they crush you. They're also excellent on first and second down because they have all those good players and they have all those dominant pass rushes. 
And we live in a world now in the NFL where first down is a passing down. Most defenses invert the downs, as they call it, where they get hyper-aggressive on the early downs instead of in the good old days when you would kind of be pretty bland on first and second down and then run all your cool stuff on third down. They flip that now where they get really creative on first down because they know if you win the first down, you get a negative play. That's basically the end of the drive, unless you've got a complete freak back there, Alan Omer Holmes. So to be that bad on first and second down and to have these situations where no body presence on any routes, all these just country spot drop zones. And the thing that is driving me crazy watching them is how many times per week there's like three guys pointing at a wide open player. It is every single week where particularly that secondary, and I know that they've said this week they're going to move Jair inside and put Razzle Douglas outside. That's interesting. They've said, Joe Barry said yes in a press conference, they're going to more press man coverage. Yes, Joe, you have all the players. Yes, let's maybe play some man-to-man coverage. You have freakazoids everywhere. Maybe consider doing that. So I'm hopeful that that will bring some change to them, having those two do different things, because they cannot keep doing this thing, which is we're playing loads of zone coverage because we think we have the best athletes in the NFL, and we will out-athlete and out-execute you. And then four times a game, they're all stood around pointing at each other, wondering why there's an open player. This whole situation, though, like, obviously Lazard and Vontis Scanlon are gone. This whole, like, oh, Rodgers hasn't got the offensive talent to throw the ball to. He's still got, like, five players he can get to try and get down the field. I, I really want him to lose this weekend because I'm going to start. You were talking to me, like, the curse about the, about the magazine. Yeah. Well, they're 0-1 since wow. this picture was taken. So if they go to 0-2, I'm going to tweet it out and it could become a whole thing. I don't like the handicap 7.5. Well, I think the most interesting thing is that the, one of our colleagues, the lead feature writer of the magazine, Cy Clancy, cannot get over the fact that he shook Aaron Rodgers' hand. And doesn't Aaron Rodgers now have a sprained thumb? <laughs> Isn't he now practicing <laughs> with the glove because his thumb is strained? Clancy in his excitement almost ripped Aaron Rodgers' thumb off. Are we publicly saying for the square square video moment on Twitter that Simon Clancy potentially injured Aaron Rodgers last week. Is, is that is that the discussion point? I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I was I was <laughs> a viewer of this situation. I did see it in real time. It was a childlike excitement for Mr. Clancy. And all I'm saying is that after that, Aaron Rodgers couldn't complete the deep ball anymore. And now he's training with a ninja thumb. So you 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 can do the maths yourself. The over and under is 45 at 10 to 11. As we said, the Jets ranked 12th in total yards per game in offense of 355 yards per game. They've been a lot better than I thought they would be. I like the over in this. I don't like the handicap at all. Yeah. I really think this could be like a trap game. I don't know what it is. Or It's a tough one. I... Like you, the, the issue with the Packers' offense are pretty clear. Rodgers is not hitting the deep ball anymore. He doesn't appear to trust anything that's going on around him. That's a huge problem. I've, I've discussed on a bunch of podcasts this week this way they've changed from being kind of a predetermined offense, more of an option-based offense. And what they've kind of done is added an extra beat in there that I feel is completely unnecessary and kind of takes away some of the greatness of Rodgers and leans way too much into the Rodgers' playmaker, which is wonderful and he's great at it, but he's better to me when he's on script, playing in rhythm and just getting rid of the ball. And I get why they're doing it because they don't trust those guys in the perimeter, but that's why in the offseason you go and get someone that he's got to trust in the perimeter. Or you go right now and you go and get Bobby Anderson from the Panthers, right? Or you go and try and sign Odell in hopes that he's available for you in December. Something there has to change either stylistically or they have got to change the personnel. It's pretty simple. And I think we are in for, I would say, another fairly fractured week because the Jets' defense, I don't think is great, but it has studs, right? I don't think as a collective, they're very good still, but Source is a complete superstar right off the bat, and the defensive line is playing out of its mind good. 
And there's still question marks about the Packers O-line, particularly as they continue to rotate left tackle drive by drive in a, in a strange sequence of events. So, um, yeah, this has all the hallmarks me of a win maybe by seven. That extra half point, that extra half point is the, uh, the concerning mark there. I have a few mates that are going for the Jets this week. It's going to be really, really interesting. One game that I cannot wait to hear your pick on is, is it the game of the season so far? Is it the game of the season until the second week in February? And please God, we're all going to be in the desert sweating their heads off and maybe there'll be a fun pick show from there. Uh, the Bills against the Chiefs in Arrowhead this Sunday, um, 425 Eastern, 925 where we are. The Bills, to say that they've been a handful for opposing teams is, a, is an understatement. Both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, I think it's 29 passing touchdowns they have together in the first five weeks of the season. <laughs> what a game this is. And the, the thing that really annoyed us last week was, and I, I'm sure you actually got a chance to sit down, sit down but I, I had to bounce home on the flight. I didn't get a chance to watch the Bills' performance properly last week until like Tuesday or Wednesday. That play at the start of the game with Gabe Davis was unreal, sir. Yeah, and he flew. He threw it blind. I don't think he had any idea where he was. He, he he basically ripped apart a bracket coverage to Gabe Davis, and I don't think he had any idea where he was putting the ball. But he's so magical and special that yeah, it hit him in stride, and it was what 98, 99 yard touchdown. The thing about Allen that I think is pretty interesting is outside of the that opening half against. Um, the Rams on the opening night, he hasn't exactly been fully clicking. I mean, he's been unbelievable, unguardable, but he's not been, he's not hit everything that is open to him, which is a frightening thought because they're just destroying people and they're leaving shit on the table. You know, the Miami game was a weird one because of uh, obviously the weather conditions and he had to drop back 9,000 times in the game. But even in the Steelers game, I mean, he is missing a lot of throws to his right, which is very unusual. He is very, very eager to leave the pocket and he's obviously being left in a ton of third and medium third and long situations that are unusual for him because the run game has been so stagnant for the entire season and that their offense has become what i think people thought it was a year ago and a year before which was it's all on josh's shoulders whereas last year and the year before it was way more scheme diverse and he hit the open guy all the time and then he made well because he's him six or seven wild throws rather than two or three a game but this year, it really is like, hey, man, you have to figure this whole thing out for us. And I know those receivers are unbelievable. They got three of the best receivers in the game. Totally get that. But it is still an awful lot on him. Whereas when you watch Mahomes on the other side of the ball, he's still getting a lot of schematic help, um, even if he's not got as, as good a weapons. I should have, because this is a betting podcast, I told everyone the odds, because yep. that's literally what people are here for. It builds two and a half. Uh, favorites on the handicap 17 to 20 the over is set of 54 bills four to six on favorites on the money line travis kelsey has got 33 catches so far this season mm-hmm. for seven receiving touchdowns in five games played um i think the bills are gonna win this game i just think it's gonna be an offensive shootout a juggernaut performance from both quarterbacks and i feel that uh, guys like Singletary and Gabe Davis will come for Buffalo and I I just think Josh Allen now you talked about his progression and different ways of playing I feel like he has no fear and he's just going to go in and ball out that being said this is a typical game where the Bills will win and then the Chiefs will win in January when it matters that's, that's, that's like of, that yeah that's kind of where my instinct is the only thing that's thrown me off is the ish injuries in the Bills secondary I know Trey Davis White looks like he's going to play but is he going to be 100% and when you kind of, and then obviously they've had the the safety injuries and the the, the safeties that are coming to re, to replace uh, Poya might play also, but the safeties that are coming to replace have been okay-ish. But I, I they they don't have the whole point of the Bills off season 
was to sign Von Miller so they only have ever had to rush for, which they've done. They are by far and away the most four-man rush team in the league and are whomping everyone in pressure rate. So they're sending fewer people and are better at it than when everyone else sends more people. That, just for the layman at home, should not happen. It's insane what they're doing defensively. The other second part of their offseason was drafting Kaye Elam specifically because at 6-1, all of the wingspan in the world, you could stick him on Travis Kelsey in January. He could follow him all over the field and you zone up everywhere else with the best secondary in football, right? With all those injuries at corner, they've had to move Kyrie them outside. He has to do legitimate cornerback things and he's struggling because he's a rookie and what they do is pretty complicated on the back end, frankly. And he looks pretty lost. All Kyrie Elam wants to do is get in your face, fight and follow you all over the field. When it starts becoming zones and pattern reading and what route combination is this, he just stays flat footed, looks spooked and gets lost. So that to me is a pretty big concern. So it does come down to me. Who do you think will get two stops during the game? I do think this could be a complete explosion on offense. And can you find the path on both sides of the ball to figure out how to get two stops? The Chiefs defensive front has not been great. Can they scheme up some pressure? I'm not so sure. How are the Bills going to get their pressure? Who do we think will get two stops, I guess, is the question. No doubt it'll be a better offensive performance than Thursday night, which was an absolute brick <laughs> show. And we're, and we're on a, I said brick show, and we're on a betting podcast. Uh, a, a bookie in the States paid out on the under in that Thursday night game at the half <laughs> on Thursday night, which says it all. Um, I'm really looking forward to Sunday Night Football, and I have not said that a lot this season. Um, Ollie knows, people don't, don't know this podcast. I'm, I'm finding the hardest to stay up late. I'm, I'm trying, and, and I feel this, this week's going to be the first week where I get there. <laughs> what a game. Eagles-Cowboys. Uh, Eagles are trying to go 6-0. and The game's in Philly. They're minus 6 in the handicap at the time we're recording, 22-25 on. The over-under is 54. Um, sorry, the, the over-under is 42 at 10 to 11. The Eagles are favoured quite heavily at 7 to 20 on. Demarcus Lawrence, Ollie said that Jalen Hurts, quote, hasn't played the Cowboys yet, so oh, we don't know how good he is. <laughs> yeah, is it, has he been blind for the last five weeks? I mean, the lad can run from, from Philly to Dallas in about two hours away he's going at the minute. No, ser- seriously, man, like for Hurts, who's completed over 60% of his passes so far this season, 7.3 yards per attempt. His rushing is down. Um, however, he's still... I think on, he's still in line to score more Russian touchdowns already this season yeah. than last, even though his Russian stats are down in six weeks. The Eagles are for real. And you said it on the MCFS this week. If they win this game, where have you got them losing the game? Is it at the end of November against the Packers? I just can't look past the you Eagles in this. And, and I, I think the handicap's good value. Yeah, I think the handicap's good value. I mean, Cooper Rush is going to start at quarterback and immediately kind of drops the... Um, I think he's definitely going to start, right? They've said Dak's not ready till next week. I think Rappaport reported that, right? At and, the time of recording, he's not playing yeah. And which is fair because he, if someone's feeling rusty and is coming back from the injury, you don't want to throw him out against that Eagles defensive front. That just is not fair. And Cooper Rush has played fine. Um, I think this will be the end of the Cooper Rush experience. Any kind of notion that should they stick with Cooper Rush and not go back to Dak and all that kind of nonsense. Um, what we're looking at here is the most overwhelming team in the NFL, uh, you know, Chiefs, Bills. Bills are a better all-around team than the Chiefs. The Chiefs maybe have the highest threshold of any team because their one unit is better than everyone else's unit. And then you've got the Eagles, who I think are the most complete, where department by department, you just go quarterback, line, receivers, tight end, front, secondary, linebackers. Yep, best at all of them, right? Or at least the top three or four, all of them, and playing a rough schedule. So the only real path to me for the Cowboys in this game is the guy you mentioned, Lawrence, is Micah Parsons, just completely taking over the game on defense. That really is the path. And even then, I just think it's it's at least a stalemate 
with that offensive line. If Jordan Mailata is healthy and he plays at left tackle, I know he's questionable at the time of recording. If he plays at left tackle, that line, as good as Lawrence and Parsons are, I still think that front versus line edge goes to the Eagles. Um, I, I just do not know. I don't know how you possibly stop this Eagles offense. It's it's the most sophisticated, balanced, complete unit on either side of the ball in the NFL. They haven't been quite as explosive or dominant as the Chiefs, but they are as indefensible, certainly schematically. And then one happens to have, you know, the alien running around back there. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um. One guy that's going to be key for the Cowboys always is four tackles for loss so far this season, 19 tackles, six sacks through five weeks. Mika Parsons, they're going to need Mika Parsons to be completely woke on Sunday to stand the chance here. I'm, I'm taking the handicap for the Eagles. I like the over at 42. One over that I don't like is our final game. I'm not, I don't want to talk about this game, but we're going to have to for the sake of this podcast. My, my, my team's the Broncos. They're going to SoFi on Monday to face the Chargers. Chargers, quite decently favored at minus four and a half on the handicap 10 to 11 over and under 45 and a half same odds chargers two to five on ollie do we do we have to talk about this game uh broncos country let's ride i'm happy that we went out in on thursday last week in london and i'll publicly say that and i and i missed a lot of the game because it, <laughs> it was one of the worst thursday night games in memory this week's thursday night wasn't great Um, i just can't see how the broncos even with um a seven to ten day rest going into going into LA. They have a lot of people to prove wrong in terms of their offensive performance. I I don't think they're up for it. I sorry, I don't think they're up to it. I don't think the I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's up to it. I don't think he has the 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 skill set to try and get this team down the field and and be efficient enough. And more importantly, when you're going up against uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to score anywhere between twenty eight to thirty eight points in this game, the Broncos aren't. So that's that's where I am, and that's why I'm going with the Chargers to win this strong, game. Strong math from Michael on that one. I, the, the the major major concern has to be that probably the best player on the team, Garrett Bowles, is out for the season, right? And so the the one thing they could not lose above anything else is they tried to figure out what this bleep show is on offense, right? Is you got to have some kind of stasis so you can figure out we do these three things well, we do these four things well. Let's try and build on it. You know these concepts work with these guys. Russ, what do you like? What do I I like and try and find some kind of middle ground. I mean, we discussed this at the very start of the season. If you if you remember, I think I wrote a feature on it in the annual. I can't remember if that was in the annual or the last mag of last season. That, that it was always going to be a mess out the gate. I don't know why people thought Russell in that offense would ever work out the gate, and it was always going to take them. I thought eight to nine weeks to figure out where the meeting middle ground was. And then the difficulty for them is that's when the schedule would get really tough, and that was always what the first year was going to be about to have, go through that process of what do you like, what do I like, where is the middle ground, when the best player on the football team essentially gets taken out of the lineup and it's so important because it's the left tackle, that is just a huge, huge red warning flag. And you're going up against one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I mean, those guys are going to tee off. Calvin Anderson's going to start left tackle, right, I believe. To put him opposite Bosa and Khalil Mack, they will be frothing at the mouth and they will be annoyed with one another when they don't get a rep to go with that guy. That could be pretty brutal. And Russ, unfortunately, I mean, I feel like I do this rant with you every week, so I apologize that I go on these Russ monologues. I won't do the middle of the field spiel, but I will do that. He's just not as athletic as he used to be. So he's got to, he, he has to change his game. He is just not quite as, he's still a good athlete. He can still move and create plays. I get that. He, if you, I think people forget how special he was 
athletically when he first came to the league. He was not a RG3 read option and go guy, but the wiggle and the movement in the backfield, he just made people miss all the time, and he never got hit. And you watch him now, and he can still move outside the pocket and still create with his arm, but he gets hit now. He gets hit way more than he used to, and he doesn't make people miss in space as much anymore. That's a huge problem. You cannot be playing backyard scramble football if you're not making guys miss anymore. For the people that are you know interested in the betting angle, uh, in terms of the spread, as I said previously, Chargers minus four and a half. The Broncos so far are one, four, and oh against the spread so far this season. So take that as you will. And they've only hit the over once. The Chargers, three out of five, have won over the points total. And the game's went over the over the game has went over the over three times so far this season. I think the over's printing money. I'm sorry, I I, I really think it is at 45 and a half. And um, my bet of the week, Oliver, Let's go. is the Vikings. Minus three and a half at 19 to 20 going into Miami. And all this hoopla about the heat and the weather in Miami. I don't even know the quarterback's name for the Dolphins. And that's that's me going into yeah, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just Teddy, taking a look at it. Is Teddy yeah. Teddy isn't playing now if they, they confirm that yeah. at the time of recording, Teddy Bridgewater is not playing and they have the backup, backup, backup in his QB one. I do think I know the Bears nearly lost the whole thing against the sorry not the Bears. I know the Vikings nearly let the Bears back into it last week and they have that tendency to maybe mess up but you would look at this offense for the Vikings and think minus three and a half is decent value they should win this game so I think if they win the game they win it by more than a field goal that's my bet of the week you've got a really interesting bet of the week yeah, I, so I really like I really like this Unibet has this thing which I just discovered this week which I this is the I think this is really fun because you get from my limited understanding, we always say in this show, I'm, I'm not a gambling man. So my limited understanding is that th- these are better odds when you do the exact winning margin, which I know is hard. So I have the Ravens winning by an exact margin of between 7 to 12 points at 4 to 1. Those are pretty good odds. 4 to 1 between 7 to 12 winning. Um, the Giants, look, have done an unbelievable coaching job. I'm just so excited to see what Wink Martindale, the old DC of the Baltimore Ravens, what he thinks the right plan is to attack Lamar Jackson. Just as a complete nerd that you know I am, that guy has been in the building with him, has studied him more than anyone in the league. What does he just think the right plan is? Now, whether it works or not, I don't quite think it will. I don't think he has the tools to do what his preference would be. I imagine knowing Wink, he'll just bring more and more fire. Did you know last week in the fourth quarter, he blitzed Aaron Rodgers? Someone you do not blitz. Blitzing Aaron Rodgers is career suicide. Wink Martindale, because he's a psychopath, blitzed Aaron Rodgers on 60% of his dropbacks in the fourth quarter. With If you remember, Michael, we were there. They were, there were cornerbacks rolling all over the field. They had no one left to play. And it was unreal. Said, it. I'm sending all the fire. It was insane. So he's a and it worked. Man. It worked. He's a crazy man. I love him. So what does that guy think the appropriate plan is to try to contain Lamar Jackson? I think it's the most fascinating thing that will happen in the league outside of Chiefs Bills this weekend. I still think Lamar's Lamar. And if he tries to send fire to Lamar, um, that could be a problem. So I think the Ravens win. And I think if you think a team's going to win and you can get between seven to 12 at four to one, I think that, that that's pretty strong. It's stronger than just doing the money line. I'll be thinking of you if they win by 13. I hope they win by seven and seven as well. Um, yeah, it's a huge game. It's a huge weekend for the Ravens. You got the, as you said, the Bills and Chiefs going up against each other and 
The Ravens need to capitalize, but they're going up against a four and one Giants team, so time will tell. Just just a reminder to everyone on this podcast, please do check out the link if you are interested in uh, putting a flutter on this weekend's action. It's with Unibet, um, and you get a sign-up offer on your first deposit. But please, folks, regardless of where, you're, where your location is or where you're listening to this podcast, we, we, we really appreciate the support. Please do gamble responsibly and only bet what you can afford. That's the most important thing. It's meant to be a bit of fun. Please ensure that it is. Uh, Ollie, thanks a million for your time. I know you're in Leeds this weekend at the Niners meetup, so enjoy that and uh, good luck on any bets this weekend. Speak to you next week.